everybody and welcome. It is lovely to be here. I'm Pam Pastor, your host for the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I am happy that you found me, but more importantly, I'm thrilled that you have found our Savior Jesus, our Messiah. And if this is your first time joining me, know that God blesses and honors those who diligently seek his word and place it into action. Or perhaps you're a longtime listener. If so, I welcome you back. Folks, there is power in the name of Jesus. And as we journey together, we will be unleashing discoveries of how to turn hearts of stone into ones of agile, moldable clay for the potter Jesus to transform. And you know, we learn in the book of Jeremiah that as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are we in his hand, meaning we are always on the potter's wheel being transformed, shaped, and renewed, both physically and spiritually. So be prepared to power up and level up your life as you join me and others each week as we explore all things pertaining to Jesus. And periodically, folks will delve into my virtual mailbag, answering questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. And you know, the Apostle John offers us this prayer from the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 21. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. So now, as we prepare to enter into God's presence, that is my prayer for us too. Father, we ask that today's episode mine new depths within our hearts, allowing for new revelation of your word. And scripture teaches no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what you have prepared for those who love you. Amen. Well, you know, friends, my sincere hope is that you were able to take part in yesterday's episode that focused on God's amazing plan for our lives. And as promised today, we're looking along with the army of God's angels into the teaching of a centurion servant is healed. We're told in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, it is also wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. And if you're following along with me, turn to the book of Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13 for our reading. When Jesus arrived in Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and racked with pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Then the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know because I'm under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and then go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this or that, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd, he said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all of the land of Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. 
But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be cast into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, Go on home. What you have believed has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. How many times have we held unbelief in our hearts or worse yet, we've been swayed by another person instead of listening to Jesus. This could have easily happened to the Roman officer too, also called the centurion. He could have allowed many obstacles to stand in the way of himself and his savior. We're talking pride, doubt, Money, language, distance, time, self-sufficiency, power, or even his race. But he didn't allow any of these potential threats to stand in the way of himself and Jesus. We also can have the same resolute faith in our hearts as well. This Roman officer was in charge of more than over a hundred soldiers. And the Jews hated Roman soldiers for a few reasons. First, they were hated for their oppression. Their control and ridicule also made them hated. And yet this Roman officer's faith amazed Jesus. This was not an easy feat to accomplish. He was a hated Gentile man whose faith put to shame the pious religious elites of the day. Jesus had no problem directly telling his audience that many religious Jews who would or should be in the kingdom of heaven would be excluded because of their lack of faith. These elites were entrenched within their own religious traditions. They were refusing to accept Jesus and his new message of grace. And this still is occurring today, sadly. Like those who have gone before us, we must not become so set in our religious habits that we expect God to only work in a particular way. Limiting God is never in our best interest. It's paramount to keep our mindset open and our faith level high. Isaiah provides us with the end times prophecy that I'm excited to be a part of. Specifically, Isaiah chapter 25, verse 6, we learn, In Jerusalem, the Lord Almighty will spread a wonderful feast for everyone around the world. It will be a delicious feast of good food with clear, well-aged wine and choice beef. How exciting everyone around the world will be gathering Jews and Gentiles alike. This is going to be God's messianic feast in celebration of the overthrow of all evil forever and the joy of eternity with God. This prophecy shows us that God intended his saving message to go out to the whole world, not just the Jews. During this feast, God will end death forever. He says he will end the cloud of gloom, the shadow of death that hangs over the earth. He will swallow up death forever according to his word. And Isaiah goes on to prophesy that the sovereign Lord will wipe away all tears. He will remove forever all insults and mockery against his land and his people. Just who will be partaking in this great feast? These very people will be saying, this is our God. It's the people that will be living by faith. And God will be offering his people free nourishment that will feed our souls. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 6 tells us, Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he's near. 
Now, God obviously is not changing his residence with a planned move. He's not contacting a real estate agent anytime soon, but it's us who oftentimes move far away from him, or we put up barriers of sin between us and him, leaving God no choice but to look away. He cannot be in the presence of sin. And some really good advice here is not to wait until we've drifted far away from God to seek after him. Turning to him later may prove to be more difficult. Or what if you don't have your timing right and God raptures his people coming to judge the earth before you decide to turn to him? Pharaoh was given nine chances with each plague as an opportunity to repent and turn towards God. Each time he went through the motions only to lie to God until finally God hardened his heart beyond repentance, meaning it was too late to turn back toward God. And it's hard to believe that the Jews couldn't see the blessings would also be for the Gentile people. Isaiah chapter 66 verse 12 prophesies that peace and prosperity will overflow Jerusalem like a river, says the Lord. The wealth of the nations will flow to her. But instead of embracing this message, it came as a shock. The Jews were too wrapped up in their own affairs and destiny. While we have the personal promises and blessings of God, we must make sure that corporately we are reaching our brothers and sisters as well. We're tasked with fulfilling the Great Commission. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, we learn about Jesus giving the Great Commission. Here Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given complete authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And periodically, I touch on different promises and blessings that are inherently ours as our authority as believers. God gave Jesus authority over all the heaven and earth. On the basis of that authority, Jesus told the disciples to make more disciples as they preached, baptized, and taught. With this same authority, Jesus still commands us to tell others the good news, making them disciples for the kingdom. We're not called to sit idly by as passive Christians. We're called to be kingdom builders. These were Jesus's final instructions to his disciples. Of all people, Jesus knew what final dying words needed to convey, and he did just that. These instructions were just as applicable back then as they are today. And our mission today continues throughout the world. The internet has made a huge impact on global missions throughout our world. And the Old Testament theme is affirmed in Malachi chapter 1 verse 11. But my name is honored by people of other nations from morning till night all around the world. They offer sweet incense and pure offerings in honor of my name. For my name is great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. Today, God still wants to save and bless the world through all who believe in him, both Jews and Gentiles, as we previously discussed. Now, it's Christians who are his chosen ones, not Jew nor Gentile alone. And as Christians, our offering to the Lord is our life. 
This mission begins in our homes and reaches out to our neighborhoods and outward from there. The Apostle Paul is responsible for writing two-thirds of the New Testament. The book of Ephesians chapter 6 verses 19 and 20 tell us and pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words as I boldly explain God's secret plan that the good news is for the Gentiles too. I am in chains now for preaching this message as God's ambassador, but pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. You see, Paul was undiscouraged and undefeated. He wrote powerful words and encouragement from prison. Paul did not ask the Ephesians to pray that his chains would be removed, but that he would continue to speak fearlessly for Christ in spite of them. God can use us in any circumstance to do his will. Even as we pray for a change within our circumstances, we should also pray that God will accomplish his plan through us right where we are, knowing God's eternal purpose for us will keep us through the difficult times. Now getting back to our Roman officer or our centurion, he sought out Jesus because he believed in God. He fully recognized that the Jews were special people. And the scripture tells us that this centurion was so far, he went so far as to build a local synagogue for the people. With this in mind, it makes sense that this man would turn towards Jesus in his time of need. And the book of Luke tells this miracle story slightly different than that of the book of Matthew. Again, if you have your Bible, our story is told in Luke chapter 7 verses 1 through 10. When Jesus had finished saying all this, he went back to Capernaum. Now the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respect. Jewish leaders to ask him to come and heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to come with them and help the man. If anyone deserves your help, it's he, they said, for he loves the Jews and even built a synagogue for us. So Jesus went with them, but just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I am not worthy of such an honor. I am not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know because I'm under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this or that, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all the land of Israel. And when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. Now, the difference between the book of Matthew and Luke is where Luke tells us the officer sent Jewish leaders to Jesus instead of going himself. We must remember that Luke is our Gentile author and physician, so sometimes he provides us with more details. This centurion was aware of the Jewish Jewish hatred for Roman soldiers and may not have wanted to interrupt a Jewish gathering. 
Being that our centurion was an army officer, he was used to delegating groups and work into missions, which is how he chose to get his mission to Jesus. We know in Jesus dealing with these messengers, Jesus was dealing directly with the officer. Matthew really emphasized the extreme level of faith displayed by this man, while Luke focused upon the good relationship between the Jewish leaders and the centurion. We learn that the centurion didn't need to be present to have his orders carried out. Jesus also didn't need to be present for healing. What made the centurion's faith so remarkable was that he was a Gentile who had not grown up knowing the love of God nor of his son, Jesus Christ. Friends, I hope you're going to join back with me tomorrow as we look into our completion of the first week of Advent and our preparation for week two of the four weeks. Week one completed the theme of hope. Also tomorrow, we learn of Jesus healing a mute demoniac. And friends, if you have not been spiritually reborn, God made it clear to enter into the kingdom of heaven, a person must confess belief in his son, Jesus. When we place our trust in Jesus's finished work upon the cross at Calvary, a divine exchange takes place. Jesus takes our sin, making us right with God. Our sin was then placed onto Jesus at his crucifixion. This is a grace gift that we can never repay back to Jesus. However, what we can do is show him our gratitude by growing in our relationship with him. We can make efforts to obey him, deepening our connection daily. And today, folks, if this is you, respectfully, I challenge you to take a bold step of courage and strength by openly confessing this eternal salvation prayer after me. Father God, I'm repenting of sin, meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking, acting, and doing life. Jesus, you're invited to be the king of the throne of my heart permanently. I'm confessing your shed blood washed away my past, present, and future sin upon that cross at Calvary. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you through the person of the Holy Spirit. And consider joining a good Bible-based church surrounding yourself with other like-minded believers who will help build up and edify your newfound faith in Jesus. Now allow me to be the first person to congratulate you on making the wisest and most important decision of your lifetime. Congratulations and God bless you. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special Child Talk series airs on Wednesdays when we're not in the middle of another series. So I invite you to tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories you may have grown up with. And join me as we continue to discuss and share Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. Some of the topics we discuss center around biblical forgiveness, Jesus's teaching parables and miracles, his message and ministry, and the addition of the harmonization of the four gospels and biblical truth and so many more topics. This is an open invitation for you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark together on an adventure of exploration of all things pertaining to Jesus. 
And if you like this episode and want to hear more, make sure to subscribe so that you're going to get the latest releases as they become available. And if you're interested in being a guest, send me an email at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. And finally, friends, occasionally materials referenced directly from my book with the same name as our podcast, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you find the content inspiring, compelling, or perhaps wish to go deeper with a rigorous study of your own, you can pick up a copy of this book from pampastorcopywriting.com or at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, or Dorrance.com. But importantly, if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me. I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. The book is full of God's Word, and it's waiting for you to read it. Until next time, always remember you've been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. I see the light in you. Until next time, God bless you.